Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. football podcast my name is joey weaver he is mike mcdaniel mike it was a super weird and uncomfortable week three in so many different ways week four couldn't possibly be any weirder or more uncomfortable if i'm if i'm not mistaken but then again look at some of these games we'll talk about them here in a minute uh how are you you ready for week four ready for week four we have a nooner on the big 10 network so it definitely won't get weird here in week four in the acc yeah, that might be a first in basketball conference podcast history is a, a Big Ten Network game. And not to mention just that, but also, yeah, a nooner. Um, if you're trying to watch Boston College and Rutgers, I'm sorry. A, you need to talk to my therapist. B, good luck because I'm not so sure it's going to be carried by your uh, TV package. But in any case, uh, we've got 10 games here, if I'm counting correctly. I need to count again. Yes, 10 games here, Mike. Uh, nine of them against FBS competition. Two of them between Power 5 competition. Um, several of them with very large spreads. And several of them with an ACC team that really disappointed us in some way or another last week. Um, how, go ahead. How nice of you calling Rutgers an FBS team. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured I'd uh, do them that, that solid there. I don't know. Um Let's let's get into these, Mike. There's a there's only one conference game this week, and that's where we'll start. And I'm do- double checking. Correct, one conference game. Um, we're very prepared. We record here Wednesday evening before the games start on Saturday. All the games on Saturday this week. Uh, there are no Thursday or Friday games, which is you know your your mileage may vary, but I find it a little disappointing. But that's fine. Uh, at three thirty on ESPN, my Louisville Cardinals are taking the trip to Tallahassee to take on the world beating Florida State Seminoles. The Knolls, a six and a half point favorite that is down from like eight, eight and a half where it opened. Uh, Louisville has been surprisingly good this year. Florida State has been fantastic this year. And that then halftime happens and then they come out of halftime and then they look pretty bad. Um, six and a half. I tend to think Florida State is still f- quite a bit more talented than Louisville. And yet, I don't really know if Florida State can put more more than like 40 minutes of football together without just kind of completely imploding on itself. And that is why I'm taking Louisville not only against the spread, Joey. I'm taking Louisville oh. straight up against Florida oh, State. Oh, here we go. Tallahassee, straight up. And this is why. Louisville has looked far more consistent on both sides of the football for the entirety of the football game than Florida State has. Florida State is playing incomplete games, as you referenced. Looked pretty bad in the first half against, um, or, I'm sorry, looked very good in the first half against Boise. Looked very bad in the second half. 
looked very good in the first half against UL Monroe, looked very bad in the second half. Last weekend, it got dicey quick in the fourth quarter. They looked pretty good for three quarters on the road against UVA, looked really bad in the fourth. Joey, Florida State has yet to put together a full game really under Willie Taggart. Hasn't really happened yet. We're still kind of waiting for that. We're, you know, a quarter of the way through year two, and we're still trying to figure out when he's going to kind of get it together. I'm taking Louisville straight up. 15 games into the Taggart era. And like, <laughs> like name your favorite complete game that Florida State's played. Like there aren't that many of them. Yeah. I mean, my, my first thought was when they ran out to a huge lead last year against Miami and then lost. Right. Right. Like this has kind of been a, a common theme here with, with Florida State teams. I think I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to take Louisville. I'm not going to take them to win outright. I think Florida State wins close, but it's it's a little bit unnerving to me that this line has been moving in Louisville's favor. Um, I, I really liked him outside of a touchdown. Um, I, I don't know that I would put money on it at this point inside of a touchdown, but uh, Louisville, is, I mean, they've played hard, A, but B, there's also been some pretty remarkable coaching there. And you saw them give Notre Dame fits for the first half of that game to open the year. You see that they kind of couldn't keep up there in the second half. I, I don't know that they're necessarily going to be able to – put together a full 60 minutes that threatens uh, Florida State outright. I say that. Maybe they will. I, I don't know why I would have faith in Florida State this you know at this point in the last 15 minutes of any game, but uh, I think Louisville can put it together and kind of keep this close. And if nothing else, I think the backdoor cover is there. And, and Louisville is the kind of team that is not going to quit. If this is a – call it a, a 10, 12-point game with six minutes to go – and I've got Louisville plus six and a half. I, I think that's cashing. Like, I think Louisville's going to get in the end zone late in the game and, and make it within that that margin. So, I think take Louisville here. Um, they're they're better. I think they're better coached at this point, especially on defense. I think that they're going to keep trying. And they're they're not going to run out of gas in the way that Florida State has. So take them. But I don't I don't hate the money line pick here. It just it's a little bit too much faith, I think, to have in Louisville at this point, given what we thought of them coming into the season, and a little too much selling on Florida State, given what I would say is like plenty of potential that we've seen so far, if that makes sense. Yep. We've seen Florida State put together, you know, four or five drives on end, offensively and defensively, that are really good. And, and it's it's possible coming from them. I just don't know if they can string that across a whole game. So. I think we're both on Louisville against the spread. Mike's on Louisville straight up. Um, I don't know how strongly you feel about that being your pick of the week, but it, it's something to be considered, I guess. Yep. We're just going to leave that alone? Just leave it there for now? Just going to leave it there for now. We'll talk about it later. All right, all right, all right. Well, let's stay right there at 3.30. On ABC and ESPN2, check your local listings. Uh, our Pittsburgh Panthers, Mike, a 12.5-point home dog to the number 15 UCF Knights. Pitt's catching almost two scores at home, and that's probably about the only time this will happen this year. And yet, I'm not so sure how much I want those points. I'd almost give them with UCF. So last weekend, you know, when we were previewing week three, I said to you, how much faith do you have in Kenny Pickett to repeat his performance from week two and throw for over 300 yards? Well, he did it. Now, can he do it for three weeks in a row? I don't think so. And even if he does, I think UCF is scoring way too many points. 
uh, for Pittsburgh to keep up. Pittsburgh's defense has actually been pretty good, Joey, overall this year. They've been pretty good, held Penn State to 17, played pretty well against Ohio, um, looked a little bit dicey in the opener against Virginia, but they've steadily improved here over three weeks. Uh, I expect Pittsburgh's defense to play pretty well again. The problem is that UCF can really, really score. So even if Pittsburgh plays a pretty solid game defensively, I think UCF scores too many points here. I like UCF to cover. I, th- I think it's going to be pretty competitive along <laughs> along the lines of the spread. Uh, I think Pittsburgh keeps it keeps it close to that line. It's you know thirteen and a half at home. It's a lot of points to be an underdog for, obviously. But I like UCF here to cover. I think they win by seventeen to twenty uh, pretty easily. I think they pull away in the second half. Mike, we we talked on the recap show from week three about some remarkably questionable decision-making that Pat Narduzzi made in the uh, yep. on the goal line against Penn State. Uh, did you see the the question that he was asked in his press conference on Monday and you know the, the answer that he gave defending that decision? I did not. My goodness gracious, Mike. I need to go find a, a clip for you, but it was basically – I think – I don't even know if he was asked a question. I think he just kind of came out and outright was like, I know you guys are going to ask about this, so let me tell you what I was thinking. And he gave you like a 300-word word salad of saying almost nothing and basically doubling down on what was unequivocally a terrible decision to to kick a field goal from the one-yard line in a seven-point game. I So all to say – I'm not confident in the coaching that Pittsburgh's getting right now, A. B, I am really not confident that Pittsburgh can score with UCF. I don't care how many yards Kenny Pickett's throwing for. He threw for almost 400 yards last week, and they came away with 10 points. Yep. And at some point, that's a coaching issue, and it's it's a major red zone issue. Um, UCF, of course, without Mackenzie Milton this year, they've got Dylan Gabriel going for him. He's been just fine, Mike. He has been yep. just fine. Uh, he is completing almost uh, a little over 61% of his passes, nine touchdowns, no picks. He's been sacked once uh, in, a, in a couple of games here for UCF so far. Um, Pitt lost this game last year 45-14. to 14. It was not that close. We knew that that was coming. I, I tend to be – I think we're going to see a similar result this year. No Mackenzie Milton, no problem for UCF. They've, they've been scoring hand over fist the way that they have been for years. Pitt, I do not trust them to score that many points. This is I don't either. The best chance you have of beating UCF is going to be in a shootout. Pitt ain't winning any shootouts this year, Mike. It's this has I'm, been I'm with you. really iffy so far for the Panthers. So I'm with you. Let's take UCF covering 12 and a half on the road. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It, it, I mean, it really doesn't matter. Don't overthink it. It doesn't matter. I would almost take UCF to cover 12 and a half on the road against most anybody in the ACC right now for what that's worth. I would, I would agree. Bad feeling. Except, except Clemson, obviously. Except, yeah, clearly, that, except Clemson. Yes, I would. I'm not even sure I'd take UCF to cover twelve and a half as an underdog against Clemson. <laughs> yeah, not Clemson's many. so far ahead of everybody. Yeah, it's. I don't know if it's embarrassing or awe-inspiring or what you'd call that, but in any case, all right, we're both on UCF there. Uh, covered against Pittsburgh. Uh, let's stay at 3.30 on the ACC Network Extra. And I think a couple of these games on ACC Network Extra I was seeing are also on Fox Sports Net on some of those regional networks this week. So if you got them, uh, watch them there. Uh, Raycom Sports, baby. That's right. The legacy <laughs> lives on. North Carolina is a three-point favorite at home against 
the Appalachian State Mountaineers. And Mike, this number's down. Uh, this was at like four and a half, and it has moved towards App State. Basically, what Vegas is telling us at this point is that North Carolina and App State on a neutral field are equal teams. I, you know, if you told me that six weeks ago before the season started, I might have been okay with that. I'm a little surprised given what we've seen from UNC so far. But then again, I mean, there might have been a little bit of fool's gold in there. And, and I mean, App State's been so good for so long. Obviously, with a new coach, no more Scott Satterfield. He's off at Louisville. But our old buddy Eli Drinkwitz is there running the show now, as well as I think Ted Roof is defensive coordinator. So keep that in mind. But um, I, I don't know what to do with this. I'm really confused. Talk me through this. Uh, Zach Thomas. App State's quarterback is completing 68% of his passes this year, Joey. He's been really good. Hasn't turned the ball over either. Um, App State is one of those teams that's always pretty feisty. And you talked about Eli Drinkowitz. He always seems to figure out how to put points on the board. UNC, I think they were a little bit overvalued after week one. That went over South Carolina. It was a good win for Mac Brown. We acknowledge that, but we still openly admit that we don't know how good South Carolina is. What was more impressive to me was UNC beating Miami in week two, but then coming back last week, losing that game to Wake Forest, I think you kind of come back to center here and realize that, you know, this UNC team is going to have its ups and downs, its peaks and valleys this year in year one under Mac Brown. I think App State wins this game outright, Joey. I'm taking App State here. Um, I, it's one of those things, man. I, I saw some things I didn't necessarily like out of North Carolina last week, specifically on the defensive side of the football. App State is another one of those teams that could be pretty explosive offensively and put some points on the board. Uh, I like App State here, Joey. I'm taking him outright. I think UNC's a little bit overvalued right now. You know, you figure they're catching three. App State's catching three on the road. And you mentioned before we hit record, it's basically a pick I'm on a neutral site. And because of that, I like App State here. I think they went outright. Man, three games in and Mike's got two underdogs outright in this one. I think week three kind of got into you here. A little bit, but hey, I don't <laughs> think you're too far-fetched, right? Like, I, no. these are two games I feel relatively, relatively good about the game at least being close enough to give you an opportunity there on the money line if you so choose. I mean, you're, you're, you're telling me you're taking a, a three-point road underdog that has to travel all of two and a half hours to the site of the game they're going to win outright that's that's insane mike that's just crazy ballsy that's that's yeah ballsy huh i i'm having a hard time app state we've not seen a ton of app state so far this year what we have seen they beat the tar out of eastern tennessee state uh, which is an fcs team and they won 56 to 41 against charlotte um in a game where there was some what I'll say was some flukiness. I mean, there was a kickoff return for a touchdown. There were multiple, like, broken long plays that I don't know how much you rely on those. Um, you had Charlotte scoring 28 points in the second half uh, of those 41, and um, it, it was really it was a last kickoff return that took it away from being a one-score game. I mean, it was 49-41, and then App State runs back the last kickoff for a touchdown. So I – I don't know. I mean, if, if Scott Satterfield's still there and this was still the App State program we've known it to be for the better part of a decade now, I, I would be right there with you. I think I'm going to roll with UNC here. Um, I don't know how much I trust this App State program in the way that I think I like what's going on in Chapel Hill right now with a big question mark at the end. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go UNC here. Um 
I'm going to go UNC. This might be like famous last words kind of territory, but I'm going to say UNC to cover three at home. Um, I, I think Mac Brown and those guys get them up to play and, and they'll be ready to go. Okay. Fair enough. I, I'm ready to What's, be wrong. Hey, it's uh UNC's all right. They're decent. They're better than we thought. That's for sure. Now, how good are they? I guess we'll find out if they can bounce back from their first loss of the year. Yeah, this is this is a little bit more of a fade app state or, or not believing in app state as much as the public seems to versus uh, really, really believing that much in North Carolina. So fourth, that's worth. I mean, speak for yourself. I took app state. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. At noon on the Big 12 Big 12. Good Lord. The Big 10 network. Mike. It's only a matter. It's only a matter of time before we start getting games on a non-existent Big 12 network, though. I mean, it's OK. Your, your cable package doesn't have either of these, so it's fine. Shut um, the hell up. <laughs> Boston College, uh, recent major, major losers to a, uh, a middling Kansas program. They're now an eight and a half point road favorite in Piscataway against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, Mike. Are you willing to give eight and a half with Boston College now against anybody in the Power Five technically? I like the technically at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but like an yeah. important qualifier. It is. Rutgers really sucks. Um, <laughs> is BC any good? That's a great question, huh? Um, I don't know. Defensively, it's uh, it's something. Uh, so question, do you rely on Chris Ash more than you rely on, I don't know, Les Miles? I don't. I mean, are we really like trying to pump up Les Miles as a college football coach in the year of our Lord 2019, Mike? We are. <laughs> Why not? It's, uh, 11:42 on September 18th. Let's get weird. Um, <laughs> Why? Why not? Why not? That's, what's, that's what's wrong scary. with Les Miles? What do you got against Les Miles? <sighs> the dude I, is like, the dude is a a, a a six to three Alabama loss away <laughs> from potentially being a two time national champion. No, he beat Alabama. It's more that Oklahoma State lost to Iowa State and got Alabama into the national title game that kept him from being a national champion. Yeah, whatever. Semantics. Uh, revisionist history. Okay, that's what I'm about here. <laughs> um, I I guess we're given eight and a half with Boston College. Probably an, a little bit of an overreaction. I think it's I mean, an overreaction. Okay, so put it this way: so if Boston College was getting an extra three points for being at home, and then would give another three points for being on the road, I would say that they would have been a 15 point favorite in Lawrence against the Jayhawks. So now we're saying they're only an eight and a half point favorite in Piscataway against Rutgers. Like, did you downgrade Boston College an entire touchdown from last week? Or was that just an aberration, maybe? I don't know. Let's find out in week four. I'm taking BC. <laughs> You're on BC to cover. I'm on BC to cover. I think I am too. I think that's the right way to go is that Maybe BC wasn't focused. Like I mentioned, Mike, on the recap, is that it felt like they got out to about a 10 nothing, 17-3 lead and just were like, oh, yeah, we got this. Pack it up. Friday night in Boston, going out on the town. We're done here. We're good. And they put it in cruise control, like, well under the speed limit and just got roasted from there. So, I, you know, 
I'm going to trust your man. I'm going to trust Steve Adazio. Get those guys right. Uh, excuse me, those... Dudes to the right. Dudes to the left stuck in the middle with you. Steve Adazio going to get the dudes right, Mike. And, uh, yeah, Boston College wins this game comfortably. Let's say 42-17, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I think BC wins big here, too. And I might bet this, actually, which is a dangerous game to play. But, honestly, I think we're overreacting a bit from last week. And yeah. I'm, you know, I do think it was a little bit of an aberration. It's a weird, I mean, you know, the game had to get weird when Vegas is giving Boston College 20 points and Kansas ends up covering by 22. So, I mean, it was like a 40 plus point swing in the line. It's a weird game that happened last week. And I'm on BC. I don't think lightning strikes twice here. Um, I think BC figures it out. Rutgers is not very good. So if Boston College wants to get this thing back on the right track, start heading back towards bowl eligibility. They really, really need to win this game, and I think they do it by more than eight. Boston College fans have every right to be really upset if they don't win this game and win it comfortably, in my mind. Definitely. Um, Rutgers, they are coming off a bye week, but before that, they took a trip to Iowa where they lost 30 to nothing. Like, got shut out by what's probably a pretty decent Iowa team, but getting shut out by anybody kind of takes a lot um, Rutgers it, it has always, it, for years, has been the king of just getting blown the hell out of whatever building they're playing in against whatever opponent they're playing in. Boston College, damn well better blow Rutgers the hell out, in my mind. Um, yep. Yeah, I think this has to be at least a 10-point win for the for the Eagles, for the dudes. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I might bet this as well. Boston College, you talk me into it, Mike. Hell yeah. There you go. Uh, 7 o'clock on ESPN2, your number 21 Virginia Cavaliers are hosting the Old Dominion... Uh, Monarchs. The Monarchs. Monarchs. They have that like lion mascot looking thing. Uh, Virginia is given 28 and a half in this game. This is a four touchdown spread plus another hook there. Uh, that feels like an awful lot of points to be giving for Virginia, a Virginia team that seems perfectly content to beat anybody by like 17. Yep. No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think Virginia wins this game comfortably. It's not going to be about that. It's more to me about the fact that Old Dominion can score between 10 and 14 points in this game. Because even if, even if Virginia scores, you know, in the 40s, you know, if you get 10 to 14 points out of Old Dominion, depending on how far into the 40s Virginia gets, you have a pretty good chance of covering the spread if you're on Old Dominion. Uh, because of that, I'm with the Monarchs here. And, you know, if you look at Virginia, Bryce Perkins has had a couple of turnovers uh, in, in some of these games more recently. Um, you know, threw a couple picks against William & Mary that were pretty ugly. They probably should never have thrown. Uh, you know, obviously UVA blew out William and Mary, but if you're looking at this from a spread perspective, all it will take is ODU getting a short field one time, right, to get the ball in the end zone and then really just sustaining probably one other drive throughout the rest of the game and, and putting the ball in the end zone to really give yourself an opportunity to cover the spread if you're on the Monarch. So I'm going to go with ODU here. I think it's a safer pick, but Virginia's going to win this game comfortably. It'll be between three and four touchdowns. They're much, much better than Old Dominion, but I like ODU to cover here. Yeah, Virginia ranked for the first time in quite a while. Uh, coming off of a, a fairly high-profile win against Florida State last week, we'll say. I mean, by far looking like they're probably the favorite in the Coastal Division, yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, 
I, I just don't think that Bronco Mendenhall at this point is really in the blowing people out for the sake of blowing them out department. I, right. I just don't think that's that's his thing, and that's not been his team's MO. They're going to run the ball. They're going to dominate the game, probably give up a few points on defense. But, I mean, they'll, they'll win comfortably. But I, don't, I just don't think that outside of four scores, I, I don't think I can give those points with Virginia. I don't think they're that type of team. I'm there. I'm there with you. I also don't think Virginia is good enough to blow a lot of teams out. Depending on the team, I, I think they're really good. I, again, I think this is a thing. If they wanted to, I think they could. I just don't think they want to. Like, tell me that the Bryce Perkins and Joe Reed and a lot of these guys on offense couldn't go out there and put up 50 points on Old Dominion if they really wanted to. I mean, do you think Old Dominion's better than William & Mary? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, me too. And UVA had no trouble scoring against William and Mary, right? Mm-hmm. So you figure Old Dominion is going to be a little bit better defensively, maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think, well, it depends on what you classify as a blowout. I mean, I think Virginia is going to blow out Old Dominion, but I think Old Dominion is still going to cover the spread. Yeah. So it's all relative. Yeah. By the way, Virginia next week travels to South Bend. <laughs> so you want to talk about not opening up the playbook any farther than you have to and not playing your starters any longer than you have to and not exerting any more effort than you really have to. I love Notre Dame next week. Depends on what the number is, yeah. But, I mean, I, I think Notre Dame is still squarely better than Virginia is, yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. I'm not deluded into thinking that my ACC Coastal favorite is better than Notre Dame. Like, Also, if it doesn't look all that great on Saturday for Notre Dame against Georgia, like say they lose by two or three touchdowns, I think Notre Dame will like to get things back on the right track by blowing out a good team. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's that's what this would be, so. Right. Anyway. What it's worth. All right, so we're both on Old Dominion there to cover. Um, yeah, a lot of points. Probably too many points for the Cavaliers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's keep moving, Mike. Noon on the ACC Network. The Syracuse Orange are a six-point favorite against the Western Michigan Broncos. This is not P.J. Flex, Western Michigan Broncos, for what that's worth. These aren't your daddy's Broncos, Joey. (laughs) Not your daddy's Broncos. But let me me put it to you this way, Mike. Uh, Your daddy's – your Broncos now, Western Michigan, coming off a 57-10 win – against the Georgia State Panthers. Oh, yeah. Previously beat the Tennessee Volunteers in Neyland Stadium. I'm going to bring that up as many times as I possibly can on this podcast, as you can tell. Um, So Western Michigan, I think, by the transitive property, is like 60 points better than Tennessee at this point. Something like that. I love transitive property in college football. Yeah, I I know. It's it's, logically sound and all that. Uh, They also got the crap kicked out of them, 51-17 to by Michigan State. Um, and by the way, you gave up 51 points to Michigan State, which that game belongs in a museum somewhere. Um, yeah, because Michigan State can't. 
I mean, Michigan State's offense can't score on their scout team right now. I mean, this is a bad, bad offense. So, Speaking of questionable offenses, they play the Syracuse Orange this week in the Carrier Dome, and um, I, I don't really know what to do. I mean, Syracuse only being a six-point favorite. If I had told you a month ago Syracuse is only going to be a six-point favorite against Western Michigan, how many states would you have driven across to get to a, a book to put a bet in on that? I know I would have been all over that a month ago. Um, but the problem is that, you know, Syracuse has looked a little bit shaky to say the least. Um, yes. Blown out against Maryland, blown out against Clemson, which I mean, don't feel sorry for yourself there, but neither the first nor the last this season. Correct. And I mean, Alabama got blown out against Clemson. It happens. (laughs) I refuse to, yeah, I refuse to stop bringing that up too. Um, it's one of those things where I think Syracuse needs to get back on track here. I think they do. Um, Tommy DeVito really hasn't looked all that good. This is an opportunity to kind of bounce back and look more like the Tommy DeVito of a year ago, where he came in in relief of Eric Dungey and looked better, right? Like better than he's looked so far this year. It's been pretty ugly. Um, yeah, Joey, I like Syracuse here, although the line scares me a little bit. I'm probably not going to bet this just because I don't really trust Syracuse, and that line seems really low, that Vegas knows something we don't here, but I think I'll take Syracuse. Uh, for what it's worth, that line is up from four and a half. It opened lower I'd, than that. Yeah, that's that's an uncomfortable line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a little spooky. Um, I want to look up – I'm looking at uh, the new SP Plus rankings, which if you heard us in the past talk about the SNP Plus rankings from Bill Connolly, um, he has since defected to ESPN, and he is has had to change the name of his rankings for, like, copyright purposes, I guess. So instead of the SNP Plus rankings, he now has the SP Plus rankings. Uh, Syracuse on offense ranks 84th in the country in SP Plus. Uh, that ain't great. Not great. Not particularly good. And as I look for Western Michigan here, uh, Western Michigan is 41st on offense in the SP plus rankings. Um, so all to say Western Michigan's offense right now looks pretty bona fide better than Syracuse's does, which is not a good sign for a Syracuse team who for the last couple of years has kind of built an identity on scoring a boatload of points. Um, I I want to lay the points with Syracuse here. Bounce back spot at home, get right kind of game, but I don't I don't know how much I can trust Syracuse right now, honestly. I'm I'm having a hard time with this. Uh, so you're taking Western Michigan. Uh I don't like the sound of that either. I I wouldn't. But <laughs> your money, not, not mine. It's not a good feeling. I don't like this game, Mike. I don't like this. Um, I, I can't trust Syracuse. I also don't want to trust Western Michigan against an ACC team. Uh, so what he's saying is that he's taking Western Michigan straight up, and this is his pick of the week. Uh, I, don't, I still don't like this. <laughs> I called it your pick of the week. You got to take Western Michigan straight up. I called it your pick of the week. I guess so. Now let's take Syracuse. Syracuse covers. Syracuse covers six. I guess I'm going to give almost a touchdown with Syracuse right now, which feels like a terrible idea. 
But at the end of the day, if I'm doing the same thing Mike's doing, Mike's been beating me in the picks this year. So following following Mike's picks is not not the worst idea that I've had. Roll tide roll. Roll tide roll, baby. Roll tide roll. Dilly dilly. All right. We'll give six with Syracuse. I don't I don't like that at all. Don't bet that game. Please don't. Definitely Um, not. Let's move on. Seven o'clock on ESPNU. Uh, The NC State Wolfpack, Mike, coming off a ridiculous, horrible loss to West Virginia, now giving 19 and a half points to Ball State. Who? Now, to be fair, Ball State, pretty terrible. They are technically an FBS team. They play in the MAC. But they are a god-awful, pretty garbage program at this point. Um, I really would like to think, really, that NC State can beat Ball State by three touchdowns. Um, and yet, Ball State also kept it within 10 with Indiana and 10 with FAU, who I don't really know where the power rankings sit right now with Indiana, NC State, and FAU. So... I'm going to go with NC State. I'm just going to keep my trend going of saying that every line that's a little bit questionable is just a little bit of an overreaction. Um, and I'm not going to question this, Joey. I think NC State's much better. I think they bounce back. I think they look more comfortable. I think Matthew McKay will play better. And he's been okay so far this year. I just think that, uh, you know, last week it got a little bit dicey. I think he does play better here in week four. And I think NC State comes away with a win. Yeah. Again, like if this is a week ago right now that we're sitting here talking about this, like I would feel so much better about NC State. I just there's an, there's enough of these teams that just like completely laid an egg last week that I'm really questioning everything having to do with them. Um, for what it's worth, SP SP plus tends to about agree with the spread. Says NC State probably 18, 19 points better than Ball State. So. Uh, yeah, three touchdowns. That's fine. I'll give it with NC State. Hell yeah, we're together on this. We we live and we die with all these big favorites in the ACC. Which, to be fair, you've been less afraid of it than I have, and your record is better than mine is so far this season. So, what can I say? Um. All right. Yeah. Give nineteen and a half with NC State, but once again, please don't bet that game. That seems like. There's no, there's no winning there. Hey, man, at least you're riding with the sharp that is me. Yeah. <laughs> Mike making money. 13, 12, and 1 on the year uh, with no uh, F- FCS or Bowling Green picks involved. So, dilly dilly. Uh, 7.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. The number one Clemson Tigers, a 41-point home favorite against the Charlotte 49ers. Clemson, 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 Clemson. What would the spread have to be for you not to bet Clemson? 50. I was going to go 75. Holy sh... Okay. You going to tell me that Dabo doesn't know what the spread is at this point? Like... Clemson. Yeah, just... It's almost almost literally a Clemson minus anything. If Clemson came out as a 120-point favorite in this game, I might have to bet Clemson. Like, that's just – it's becoming a principle at this point is just give however the hell many points Vegas is daring you to give with Clemson, and you're going to win your bet. It's fine. Over under three and a half touchdowns for Trevor Lawrence. Over. He'll get four. Oh, over. Okay. There goes my second over under. <laughs> that's fine. What are you going to say? Over under. Over four, under. Four and a half? Under. Yeah, I was going to say four and a half. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, over under 150 rushing yards for Travis Etienne. Over. Over unless some of them start going to Lynn J. Dixon. 
Okay. Over under 350 rushing yards for Clemson. Uh, they had like, what, 400 against Georgia Tech? I, I hope it's over, but I don't know. Maybe Charlotte's got a better rushing defense than Georgia Tech does at this point. Who knows? I'm going to say under only because they think that Trevor Lawrence is going to throw for like five or six touchdown passes. That is an absolute boatload of yards, and yet they'll probably Whatever. get it. What do I know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, Clemson wins. Next. Clemson minus anything. We're still in this. I feel like Clemson this whole year is just going to be this like embarrassment of a segment of like, do you think that Wake Forest can keep it within 24 points of Clemson? It's like, what are we even talking about at this point? Yeah, great. We're we're talking about three and four touchdown spreads for Clemson every week. Fantastic. Yeah, so entertaining. Um, all right, last one until we get to the FCS game of the week and the uh, Bowling Green game of the week. Four o'clock on the ACC Network. Miami's a twenty nine and a half point home favorite against Central Michigan. Miami, I think so. Um, Miami. Jaron Williams has a good game. This is one of those that I I'm pretty confident in, Joey. Um, I just, yeah, uh, Miami, I don't want to overshoot this. You know, I was pretty riled up here to maybe take the points with central Michigan thinking they could be a little feisty and give Miami some problems. And then I realized that central Michigan, by the way, the ACC going through the directional Michigan challenge this week with Western Michigan taking on Syracuse and central Michigan taking on Miami here. It was central Michigan that got shut out against Wisconsin 61 to nothing. And if you can't score against Wisconsin, I'm not so sure you can score against Miami either. Um, so I don't think you're covering here. Uh, yeah, I think it's Miami. Still never think it. 29 and a half, that's fine. Fort Jaron Williams, another big game. Yeah, I mean, 45 to 10 Miami maybe, 52 to 10, something like that. Yep. It's, this is probably Miami. <sighs> Mike, we agreed on like almost all of these games. It's all good. Is that a good thing? It might be. I don't know. It's good news for you. If you yeah. want to some money. <laughs> it's been making me money so far just riding your picks because... Ride with me, man. Going 13 and 12 is... That actually probably doesn't make money. So we'll be careful with exactly the facts that we state here. Um, so this might be fake news. Um, Two more games, Mike. Uh, noon on the ACC Network, ACC Network Extra. Once again, p- possibly on like Fox Sports Net or something, depending on your regional package. The Wake Forest, Steeman Deeks, a 27.5 point home favorite against Elon. Doesn't seem like that many points for an FCS matchup. We're just. Wake. God. We're all just on these like huge, uh, huge favorites. Wake. Wake, Woke Forest. Here we go. Should I start breaking down how much I like this inside of four touchdowns versus outside of four touchdowns? I mean, like, would, would an extra point one way or the other make a difference at this point? Probably not. I don't know. Uh, prob- probably not. Yeah, Elon's not good. Um, Wake has been consistent and reliable. I think your, your best bet, if you're taking the points with Elon here, you're hoping this comes out like 34 to 10 where Wake is just running the clock in the second half and trying to get out of there and just doesn't care. Um, let me look and see real quick what Wake's next week is. It's uh, at Boston College, which that should probably be an easy win. They just lost to Kansas, so. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, that was a joke, by the way. Um, yeah, I don't know. Wake, 
Wake probably wins comfortably here, but I mean, who knows? Elon, not that frisky. The Phoenix, as it were, they are two and one. They've got wins against uh, Richmond on the road and some crap team from somewhere. I don't really know who it is called the Citadel. Um, so Elon's, you know, only worth so much. They're only beating the Citadel in Richmond. This is true. Nothing else. All right, good. Um, that's all I got. Um, one more game, Mike. Our beloved. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Our Here beloved Bowling Green State Falcons. They are a they're a road underdog against Kent State. They're, they're catching bad. they're catching eleven in what is it? Is it Kent, Iowa, Ohio? Or, it's in Ohio. It's in Ohio. It's yeah. Ohio. Is it Kent or where, where is Kent State? Um, <laughs> is, it, is it in Kent? It is in Kent, Ohio. That's actually a place. It turns out, and it's in a, a wonderful venue called Dick's Stadium. And I'm not making this up. <laughs> nope. The Falcons are not, in eleven point is, road. This is not your favorite porno. Uh, uh, no, it's not. S- slippery slope. Anyway. <laughs> Brian Bang orders mustache, though. Oh, no. <laughs> Ron Jeremy, is that you? <laughs> Dear Lord. Oh, Bowling Green catching 11. Kent State not been good. I don't know that it matters. <laughs> We've lost Mike. Um, oh, no. Kent State barely beat Kennesaw State here a couple weeks ago, which, by the way, not a lot of shame in that. Kennesaw State sneaky pretty good in the FCS. They were like a semifinalist team, I think, last year, maybe quarterfinalists. But um, you know what? I'm taking the points of Bowling Green. What the hell? Brian Van Gorder with that mustache at Dick Stadium giving a whole new vibe to the You Tried Award. (laughs) And I am here. I'm all the way here for it. You tried in more ways than one. Oh boy. Gosh. Okay. And we're back. Uh Kent State covers. I <laughs> Bowling Green's got a terrible coaching staff. <laughs> this is completely off the rails this point. I love it. This is incredible. Good. Okay. Good. Well. Kent State. What a week it projects to be in the ACC and Bowling Green, Mike. I've got it written down. All right. That's all I got. You got a uh, pick of the week here for all these games? Does anything really uh, stick out to you that you really like? uh, I actually really like ODU to cover against UVA. Ooh. The uh, clear coastal favorite. You don't think he's going to cover this week? I do not. Hmm. 28 in the hook. Maybe they just won by 28. There you go. Hey, I mean, that... That's that ca- cover town right there. That caches. I'm going to do something that feels like a horrific decision at this point, Mike. Um, BC? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going with Boston College to cover eight and a half against Rutgers. Fair. I, I don't know how much that's supporting BC versus uh, fading Rutgers, but. How dare you fade I've got, the ball team? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll give eight and a half with Boston College. Y'all. This might be Stevie Dazio's last stand. You lose to Rutgers and Kansas in consecutive weeks, and it's, it's, you're going to have a new coach in November. So um, just you better not mess it up now. Better not mess it up. 
Dudes to the right. Dudes to the left. Stuck in the middle with you. Let's go, dudes. Let's go, dudes. Roll, dudes. Got a couple totals I think I might like, actually. Um, Louisville, Florida State at 61. I don't mind the under. Don't mind the under there either. Pitt, UCF at 61. Don't mind the under. I don't think Pitt scores enough. It was right at 61 last year, 45-14. No, it was under 61 last year. Math is hard. Um, I was going to say, that's not 61. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, UVA, Old Dominion at 46. Over. Probably the over, yeah. Uh, Syracuse and Western Michigan at 65 and a half. Uh, Syracuse doesn't play any defense, and who knows what Western brings to the table. Syracuse also didn't play a lot of offense. <laughs> that, that's correct. Um, hey, maybe they're going to get into an old-fashioned shootout with Western. Uh, yeah, it could be. Uh, Clemson-Charlotte at 62. Over. Oh, I was going to go under. Well, actually, well, so I say over, but then again, that means that Charlotte's got a score, which I'm not sure they're going to do. So right. Let me actually take the under there. Miami Central Michigan at 48. Uh, I'll take the over there. Miami 29 and a half point favorite. I don't I don't know how much scoring Central again, Central Michigan got shut out by Wisconsin. Over. Okay, all right. Fair enough. I uh, think Wisconsin's defense is better than Miami's. Yeah. All right, well, fair enough. BC Rutgers 57 and a half. Rutgers might not uh, score under. Shoot myself twice. Uh, <laughs> I, probably, probably under. Under. All right. Fair enough. All right. Sounds good. Well, Mike, uh, we agreed taking Louisville in the points against Florida State. You've got them outright. UCF covering 12 and a half on the road at Pittsburgh. Uh, you've got App State outright against UNC. I've got the Tar Heels covering three. We've both got Boston College covering eight and a half. You've got, we both got Old Dominion covering 28 and a half against Virginia. We both have Syracuse covering six against Western Michigan, NC State covering 19 and a half against Ball State, Clemson covering 41 against Charlotte, Miami covering 29 and a half against Central Michigan, and Wake Forest covering 27 and a half against Elon. So really this whole week and who wins and who does better comes down to UNC and App State. Um, maybe you get bonus points if Louisville wins outright against uh, Florida State, but in any case, um, a lot of agreement here. So what could possibly go wrong? Uh, my pick of the week, Boston College covering eight and a half in Piscataway against Rutgers. You've got Old Dominion uh, keeping it within 28 and a half against my Virginia Cavaliers. So your coastal pick. Yeah, my coastal pick um, should be. And I'm going to say this. It should be a completely uneventful week in the ACC. Can we have that, please? Until Saturday at 330. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, it's going to get messy there for a minute with Louisville going to Tallahassee. Um, I think if we have an uneventful week in the ACC, that's a good thing at this point. Is that is that fair? Eventful would mean that the conference actually is not on drugs. Yeah, we've got, what, one, two, three, four, five ACC teams this week as double-digit favorites. I think all of them at home. None of y'all better screw it up. If NC State only beats Ball State by 14, that's fine. But just win the damn game. Don't yep. screw it up again. Yep. Don't screw it up. But they might. Oh, they might. They totally might. Um, all right, Mike, that's all I got. You got anything else before we get out of here? I think we're good, man. Yeah. 
fairly abbreviated but still thorough preview of week four here. I, I think we're we're in good shape here moving into the week. Everybody, just stay where you are. Don't do anything dumb, and and just hold serve, and we'll we'll all get through this all right. I promise. Stay calm. Nothing stupid this weekend. <laughs> Nothing stupid this weekend. On that note, Mike, they can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Uh, you can send us an email with your questions, your comments, your concerns to the longest email address known to man basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. We haven't got any emails in a while. So y'all, y'all get after it. Andrew Parker, who by the way, just really, really tried to tell us the Wake Forest is going to be the second best team in the Atlantic this year. Um, he did. He did. We, we ignored him. And honestly, I think I, I'm my spot. I'm on the hot seat here. I think, I think Andrew might be taking my spot here before soon, before too much longer. Wow. Yeah. It, it, you know, I know, I know that that's, that's news to you. It's, yeah, pr- breaking. Joey just announced his retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go do the dad thing. Um, all right. Yeah, joke. Uh, Mike, they can find us on iTunes, the Google Podcast Store, Spotify, Breaker Stitcher, the Overcast app, and most importantly on the Anchor app. Go find us there and use Anchor as a, a great podcast platform if you're trying to use that. We, uh, you've probably heard our ads, and we are genuinely appreciative of the Anchor platform. They've been great for us. So. Go check them out. Uh, Mike, you want to tell them where they can find us on social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate, review, find all of our podcasts there, Joey. Please do, please do. Uh, Mike, I think that's all I've got. You want to go check out some week four action? Got to, man. Week four. We're about a third of the way through this thing. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a weird feeling. I thought about that, is that after week three, it was, we're about a quarter of the way done. That's. I don't think that's a good thing, but... We're starting to learn some things about these teams. So that, that's a good thing, at least. That part's good. Yeah, that way we can make more informed bad decisions. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like I said, everybody stay where you are. Just don't don't mess this up. Let's have a good week, and then we can move on to week five and, uh, and, and kind of treat ourselves like adults again. That'd be fine. Nothing stupid this week. Nothing dumb. That's not possible. Definitely not. See ACC, man. Yeah, go ACC. Uh, all right, Mike, you want to come back and recap these games when they're done? Yes, sir. We got to. All right, we will talk then. Until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. Enjoy the games this weekend. And until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.